Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our evangelist is coming tonight. Let's stand together, Brother Bryce Cosme. God bless you. Come preach the word. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's lift our hands all across this house. God, we worship you. God, we praise you. Come on, somebody. Let's praise the Lord tonight. I love you, Jesus. I give you glory. I give you praise. God, I lift you up. God, I put you at the focus of everything that I'm thinking about right now. I don't want to get distracted. I don't want to be worried about anything else right now. Hallelujah. But I want to get into the Spirit of God. I want to pray in the Spirit. I want to get a hold of the Spirit. Come on, I'm telling you tonight, this is not just a gathering, but this is an intersection of heaven and earth. This is a place where Almighty God meets the sins of man, meets the failures of man, meets the sickness and the needs and the issues of life. This is a place where a miracle can happen. Somebody lift your hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be in church tonight. Anybody glad to be in church? Church matters. Church is essential. Church is still important. They said, well, online works too. I didn't see Walmart make everything go online. You can shop online at Walmart, but they didn't say you got to shop online to get everything you needed. Let me tell you, there's some things you need. It's got to be in person. It's got to be full contact. <laughs> Amen. I came tonight. To receive something from the Lord. I came tonight to encourage someone in their faith. I came tonight to encourage someone in our values. I came tonight to work together in the kingdom of God. It still matters that we gather. It still matters that we come to church. And somebody said amen. Amen. If you're watching online and you can be here, be here. I know there's some sicknesses. I know there's some people that are already compromised. And I understand that full and well but I, I do feel like this is just a distraction this is just something that has affected us I, I was just in Los Angeles a few hours ago and the bicycle casino and hotel said now open 24 hours this church is open 24 hours for prayer 24 hours for breakthroughs 24 hours for miracles the church will never close because the church is more than a building the church is the people of the name hallelujah thank the lord that nothing can prevail against the church thankful 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 for the opportunity to preach tonight love and appreciate brother bradford amen we need pastors in these days more than ever before to lead us and help us uh, because there's a lot of people that became experts in the last 12 months there's people that flip hamburgers that are telling people how to run their churches. There's people trying to tell us what to do and how to do it. You, you don't dictate what happens in this house because this house is, should be called a house of prayer. Amen. This house is a house of victory. Amen. This is a place of praise and worship. And I'm not going to let the devil put a foot on what I'm trying to do for God. Amen. It's time to break free. It's time to break out. Amen. It's time to take the seatbelt off and give God the highest praise. I'm not holding back. I'm not going to stay silent, but I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to give God praise tonight hallelujah 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 thankful 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 if you have your Bibles with you let's turn to the book of Job it's not job it's Job book of Job chapter number one Job chapter number one in verse six says now there was a day 
when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And tonight, I want to title this message, The Devil's Hand is on His Ear. The Devil's Hand is on His Ear. If you would, put your Bibles down. Let's lift our hands one more time toward heaven, and let's create an atmosphere where anything can happen. God, I lay down every burden, I lay down every weight, I lay down every sin, I lay down every worry. God, I lay down all my stress right now. God, let there be a breakthrough, let there be freedom. I want the Holy Ghost to be in this house because the Bible said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, it's time for breakthroughs, it's time for miracles, it's time for signs and wonders, it's time for answers to your prayers, it's time for God to turn it around. I feel like to Tonight, situations have no choice but to change. Disease has no choice but to be killed. Because when God speaks the word, it will not return to him void. Let's lift up our hands one more time and worship the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. The devil's hand is on his ear. Throughout the entirety of Scripture, God has always called his people to preach his word. Second Peter chapter 2 and 4 says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved to judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. God has always called his people to preach. The English word preach in the Greek manuscripts is translated from a word that is charix, which in our modern language can be understood to be a herald, or to be more exact, a messenger. In biblical times, a messenger maintained a place of authority among all people because of the importance of their words being delivered. It was the messengers that conveyed the words of kings and magistrates, princes and commanders and dignitaries that needed to send their decrees and their demands all across the world. But today, as the people of the name, as the chosen generation, we are the heralds and we are the messengers in the kingdom of God. And we are called to preach his word. 
Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, Jesus said, He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, it said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In 2 Timothy 4 and 2, it said, Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. We've got to preach even when it's out of season. Be reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. Today, we are called to preach the word of God. If revival is going to happen, it happens when we preach, whether that is in a pulpit or whether that is at work, whether that is in a church service or on a street corner or in the line at the store. God's people have always been called to preach. Preaching is not tied up in some good sermon being delivered. Some people think, well, the doctors practice medicine and the lawyers, they're taking care of the law. But the ministers have to take care of the preaching. But let me tell you about the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 when it said, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. You know what that means? We've got to tell what we know. We've got to tell what we've seen. We've got to repeat what we've heard because we're living in the last days and we've got to preach come on somebody come on somebody God has called his people to preach his word preaching is not tied up in delivering a good sermon preaching is not preoccupied with displaying the proper, well-rounded, and formal etiquette required to deliver some kind of lecture or a professional speech. But 1 Corinthians 1 and 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved it is the power of God. When I preach, I want there to be a power of God. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, Paul said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. Today, I don't want to speak pretty words that are going to make you feel good, but I want chains to be broken. I want lives to be transformed. I want miracles to happen. Come on, somebody. It's time to preach. It's time to preach. It's time to preach. Preaching is not anchored in clever sayings and cliche phrases. Preaching is not supposed to be impressive. Preaching is not designed to be eloquent and smoothly spoken. But the purpose of preaching is to carry the word as the messenger of the king. Today I want to carry the word. I want to reach the lost. I want to be a vessel that he can use. We live in a very hopeless world. We live in a world that has brought things upon themselves that they don't even realize the damage that it causes. They don't realize that the cure can be worse than the problem. And the things they've done in the last 10, 11, 12 months have really, really, really hurt a lot of people. There's people that are distressed. 
There are people that are losing their jobs and losing their businesses and losing their houses and losing all kinds of things. There are people today that are more concerned with bailing out some kind of hedge fund manager than to actually take care of their citizens. I'm telling you today that the world is putting its citizens in a very fearful place. But you know why? It's because they've left out the most important part of the puzzle. In the beginning it said that God breathed his breath into man and he became a living soul. It is the spirit of God that gives us life. It is the spirit of God that gives us breath. It is the spirit of God that gives us purpose. It is the spirit of God that gives us value. But you know what? We have access today to the spirit of God, but I don't want it just for myself, but I've got to share it with that dark, depressed, and world that's full of anxiety. I've got to be the messenger today. I've got to preach the word. I've got to be a witness. I've got to reach somebody. Preaching is carrying the word as the messenger of the king. And in my mind, I tell my wife this often, I see preaching like a boxing match. And as we sit here tonight, there are some very, there are some things that are trying their very best to come against the people of God. Trying their best to fight against revival. Trying their best to fight against unity. Trying their best to fight against the things of God. But tonight, through preaching, I said through preaching, God's word is climbing its way through the ropes and is stepping into the ring. Preaching is stepping into the ring against doubt and discouragement. Preaching is stepping into the ring against discord and division. Preaching is stepping into the ring against fear and faith. Failure. Preaching is stepping into the ring against sin and struggles. Preaching is not just a presentation, but preaching is a demonstration of the power and the presence of Almighty God. But I would really change gears right now because I didn't come tonight to preach all about preaching. Because not only is preaching like a boxing match, but in the midst of every trial and every tribulation, every child of God in this place has an ability to step into the battle as well in the middle of a Sunday night service. We may not be a preacher. We may not be a singer. We may not be an usher or hold some kind of position. But Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 said, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I'll tell you, as much as we can talk about the ability to preach on a Sunday night, the greatest thing that every saint of God can do is to begin to live. Lift up praise, lift up worship, lift up the name of Jesus, lift up him, lift him up, lift him up. Sister, you may not be preaching the message, you may not be singing the song, but your praise is just as powerful. Your praise is your testimony that God is good in spite of everything that I'm going through, despite everything that I may have lost. 
Brother, you may want to get in the battle, but you don't know exactly where to start. You don't know what position to get yourself into. But let me tell you tonight that your dance is a battle stance. That your praise will make a way. That your shout will bring you out. Come on, somebody. Did you come to give God some praise? Just as powerful as the preaching is the praise of the saints of God. Come on, don't wait till the battle is over. Don't wait till the victory is won. Just remember, whatever God promised, it's yours and it's already done. So don't wait. Don't wait. Shout now. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we worship you. God, you are good. Oh, you may be seated. The praise of the saints is just as powerful as the preaching. We are epistles seen and known of all men. There's people looking at us, and our praise is preaching a message. Our worship is telling somebody, you know what? In the middle of everything I've had to go through, I never stop worshiping God because let me tell you, I've got my eyes on the prize and I'm not focused way down here, but I'm focused way up there. And no matter what happens, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in God. My praise is not dependent upon a perfect circumstance. Your praise is a message. Your praise is a testimony. Your praise is a witness. Not only is praise powerful. But more importantly, praise is doctrinal. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, Paul told Timothy, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Doctrine, or the didascalia of the New Testament. Doctrine is a belief that is taught, upheld, and adhered to by his followers. And as followers of Jesus Christ... The foundation of our life, the foundation of the ministry, the foundation of the church is doctrine. There's churches today, they want to be so just blah. They don't want anybody to know anything. They say, oh, we're, we're non-denominational. They don't want to put doctrine on their websites. They don't want doctrine to be mentioned. But Paul's told him to continue in the doctrine. It will save you and it will save them that hear you. This is a church that still believes in doctrine. We still believe that you need to preach the word of God and you need to teach what the Bible says. I like inspiration, but you can't build a church on inspiration. I like jokes, but you can't build a church on jokes, but you can build a church on doctrine. Acts chapter 2 and 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We uphold the doctrine today. We uphold the doctrine that there's only one God and Jesus is his name. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Isaiah 44 and 24, I am the Lord, all capitals meaning it is the transliteration of Jehovah or Yahweh. I, Yahweh, Jehovah, some would say God the Father. They said, well, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. 
So in Isaiah 44, it is Yahweh, Jehovah, God the Father, the Ancient of Days, whatever they want to call him, in the mindset of there being more than one person within the Godhead. But he said that he spreadeth abroad the earth all by himself. And in Genesis 1 and 1, it said that God created the heavens and the earth. But yet, in John 1 and 10, it says he was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them which believe on his name. Let me tell you that it was Jesus of the Old Testament that created the heavens and the earth. It was the spirit of Almighty God. It was the invisible, the pneuma, the spirit that needed a body to be our sacrifice. Amen. To be our atonement. To be the lamb for sinners slain. Amen. God is a spirit he doesn't have flesh and he doesn't have blood but he took on the form of Jesus Christ and he walked up the hill and was nailed to a cross let me tell you it wasn't the nails that held him there but it was his love and his desire to reach the world amen we believe there's only one God and that one God came to earth to be our savior we still believe there's only one God Individually, numerically, however you want to splice it up. He's one, he's one, he's one. Not only do we uphold the doctrine that there's only one God, but we uphold the doctrine that you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. John chapter 3 and 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. Being born of the water and being born of the Spirit. Where do we see that come to fruition? We see it in the first message in the first church of the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 38, when Peter said unto them, repent, turn away from your sins, turn away from this world, and turn towards Jesus, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Full immersion, all the way under the water, not a sprinkling, not just a touch, but you need to be buried with Christ. When you're buried, you go all the way under. We believe in full immersion in water being born again includes repenting it includes being baptized but not only is it just the baptism but it's the name of Jesus because in 1 Corinthians 10 and 17 it said whatsoever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus when I pray for my food I say in Jesus name come on when somebody's about to get in a wreck on the highway oh Jesus name when I'm baptized it's got to be in Jesus name it's got to be in Jesus name it's got to be in Jesus name because Acts 4 12 said neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name none other name none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved it's the name it's the name it's the name and we are the people of the name we uphold the doctrine you may be seated for a minute we uphold the doctrine that there's only one God we uphold the doctrine that there's a new birth message. We uphold the doctrine of the second coming of Christ. We, we uphold the doctrine of communion and, and prayer and fasting. All these things are doctrines. We can, we can teach about them. Tithe, offering, all, all the doctrines we have. But tonight, just as much as we believe in those doctrines, and I don't know if I'm in a Pentecostal church tonight or not, 
I do know. But you know what we believe tonight? We believe in the doctrine of praise. We believe in the doctrine of lifting our hands and giving God the glory. We believe in the doctrine of leaping for joy. We believe in clapping our hands. We believe in running the aisles. But let me tell you that praise is not just something crazy that we came up with. It's not a secondary writing. It's not from another source. It's not from somebody else. But it is something we can find all throughout the word of God. In Psalms chapter 150, it says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Come on, do we still praise him in the dance? Praise him, praise him, praise him in the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, somebody, praise ye the Lord. Has God been good to you? Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, somebody. When's the last time you really gave God some praise? Said, well, I just don't know. I'm telling you, God has been too good for you, for you to sit there unmoved and unstirred. But I'll tell you, he's done so much for me. I can't tell it all. I can't thank him enough, but I can praise him. Come on, do we still run the aisles at GBFBC? Come on, somebody. We need to run the aisles. We need to worship the Lord. We need to leap for joy, not because of me, but because God. Come on, come on. Don't let them run by themselves. Come on, come on, Brother Chris. This is doctrinal. This is the doctrine of praise. Say, well, well, you may be seated for a little bit. Say, well, I'm a little bit older. I don't really know if I can still praise. But in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says at the very end of his life that Jacob was praising God as he was dying and leading upon a walking stick. I, don't, I know you can't run the aisles and you may not get those feet off the ground, but if you've got a walker, you can give God some walker praise. You can give God some cane praise. You can give God a lifting of your hands. You can give God a lifting up of your voice. Let me tell you, there are some elders in here that would worship if they could, but where they're at right now, they lift their hands and let me tell you, that praise may not be so exuberant. It may not be so Pentecostal, but there's victory in the praises of the elders. There's victory in a sister of God. Says, I live for God all my life, and he's been good. He's been faithful, and this hand is about all I can do, but this hand is a testimony of the goodness of God. Come on, sister. This hand says the devil didn't win. Come on. I may not run the aisles. Maybe I just walk the aisles, but this walk, every step that I take is on the devil's face. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Don't let the elders out worship you. Come on. Let the elders be your example. Come on. We need to praise the Lord. Oh, worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Praise him. Come on, somebody. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up.
In Matthew 21, Jesus declared that praise in the mouth is perfected in the mouth of babies and sucklings. That's why I see little kids. They may only be a year old. My daughter Braley's about to be a year old. But if the church service is going and the Spirit of God is moving, I kid you not, her little hand is up in the air. She doesn't understand everything that's going on, but she's looking at some of you and she's learning what it means to praise. My praise is not just for me, but my praise is for the next generation to know, amen, that this is our identity. This is our doctrine. We are the people who praise the Lord. Come on, it's nothing to shout over a game winner. It's nothing to shout for the touchdown. But I'm shouting because of the victory that belongs to Jesus. Praise is doctrinal. Praise is for everyone. Praise is a testimony of the goodness of God. Whether you are young or you are old or somewhere in between, the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Not only is praise just as powerful as preaching, not only is praise our witness, praise is doctrinal, praise is for everybody, but praise doesn't wait for life to be perfect. Praise steps out in the middle of the storm. Psalms 34 and 1 said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will praise the Lord in the good times. That's not what it said. I will praise the Lord in the blessed times. That's not what it said. I will praise the Lord in my health. That's not what it said. I will praise the Lord when I'm doing well financially. That's not what it said. But it said I will bless the Lord at all times. That means on the good days and on the bad days, on the rough days, on the strong days, on the weak days. No matter what day I'm going through, no matter what life brings me, I'm going to keep blessing the Lord. Because praise doesn't wait for life to be perfect. But praise learns how to step out into the middle of the storm. You may be in a storm, but your praise is a testimony that it's going to take more than a storm to silence me. It's going to take more than a trial to make me give up. Because there's something within me that is greater, and that's a thankfulness and a gratefulness towards the Lord. And if he didn't do anything else for me, he's still worthy of the praise. Miracles, miracles, signs, and wonders will always create a response. Yet praise remains constant when there are no miracles, no wonders, there's no loaves and fish, there's no healings. When the storm rages and when it seems that all the world is set against us, praise isn't worried about the outcome. Praise is unaffected by the environment. Praise is not predicated on the results. Praise isn't discouraged and setbacks. But praise remains focused on the goodness of God, no matter what the person is going through. I found a very interesting story. You may have heard of them. I've just heard of them recently. But it is the Flying Walendas. The Flying Walendas. It's a long line of family. They are tightrope walkers. They do crazy stuff. A few of them have died. And if you haven't noticed yet, I, I've never tightrope walked. I don't have any experience in that. I know you're probably surprised. But the Flying Walendas, they are the professional tightrope walking family. It's a generational thing. Tino Walenda, who at this point in his life is the patriarch of the family, said in an interview at the age of seven, 
how his mother and his father began teaching him how to walk the tightrope. And they would do all kinds of stuff to him. They would throw bottles at him, cans at him. They said they'd shoot BB guns at him. Like, my Lord, is this an oil deal or what? <laughs> Shooting BB guns at your kids? But they were trying to do everything they could to distract him. But something they told Tino Walenda was, you're going to learn how to tightrope when you learn how to keep your eyes focused on something that's not going to move. There are so many things going through your mind. There are so many worries that you have. You have to keep your eyes remain focused on an unmoving object. And in Isaiah 6 and 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Let me tell you that Isaiah had every reason to be discouraged because an important person in his life had just passed away. But he looked up in the middle of the loss, in the middle of the grief, in the middle of the discouragement, and he saw that God was still on the throne. I want to tell somebody tonight that life isn't always fair and it's certainly not always easy but in the midst of it all my praise recognizes that God is still good and God is still on the throne we want life sometimes to be all good like all good like just blessed like a hundred dollar bill on the ground every time I'm walking is just good all the time we think that's, and there's some people that preach stuff like that, but that's not reality. The reality is we live in a fallen world, and there's going to be bad things that happen to good people. There's going to be good things that happen to bad people. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. It's going to be, some people think that's negative, but for people that are cropping and harvesting, the rain was a good thing. So he's saying it's going to rain on those that deserve it. It's going to rain on those that don't. It's just going to happen. It's just the unfolding of life in some ways. But I'll tell you, in the midst of it all, we need to understand that even when we don't understand, that it's all working together. Today, if I was to come up to you and you said, well, uh, what would you want me to bake you? You said, well, I want some cookies or I want a cake. If I took each individual ingredient of whatever that was and gave it to you by itself, it wouldn't be a cake. It would be an egg. It would be flour. It'd be salt. They put salt in cookies. I didn't know that. They put salt. It'd be, it'd be some stuff you just don't understand. It'd be things that are, that are there, but they don't make sense until you mix them all up. And in Romans 8 and 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Sometimes we just want this or we just want that. But let me tell you that God's way is greater than my way. And God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And God knows what he's doing in the good and he knows what he's doing in the bad. He knows when he's shaping me. He knows when he's molding me. Sometimes we feel like our life is spinning out of control. It may just be that he's got us on the potter's wheel and he's shaping us and he's molding us and he's helping us to become something greater, maybe of greater value, maybe greater ability to hold things, whatever it is, let me tell you that we know that all things work together for the good. So I'm going to praise God in the midst of it all, even when I don't understand, because somewhere in the middle of this, God is working it for my good. Somewhere in the middle of this, God is working it for my good. I don't understand the setback, but God does. I don't understand this problem, but God does. So blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord. Let's worship the Lord for a moment. God, we love you. I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to explode in on us tonight. We may not understand everything, but we can stand on his promise. 
somehow, in some way, that God is working all things together for my good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. The problems still come. The troubles still come. Persecution still comes. Psalms 37 and 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I've seen the righteous go through a lot of things. I've seen the righteous find themselves in the midst of dark storms. I've seen the righteous deal with discouragement and drag through disappointments. I've seen the righteous, Brother Bradford, crawl their way through crisis, but I've never seen them go through it alone. I've seen the righteous stumble down some dark roads, but I've never seen them walking alone. I've seen the righteous tested by tragedy, but in the midst of all the things I've seen, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. Psalm 34 and 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He never promised that there wouldn't be any afflictions, but he promised us that he would be our deliverer. He promised that he would be our savior. He never promised, as one song said, that the cross wouldn't get heavy, but he promised that help would always come in time. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Psalm 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. The music team, you can go ahead and get ready. Not only does praise step out in the middle of the storm, but praise changes the situation and praise confuses the enemy. Job chapter 1 verse 8, and the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? You know, sometimes we wonder why we're going through what we're going through. We imagine that like there's God and then the devil and they're enemies and the devil can do whatever he wants. But did you know that the devil cannot do anything that God doesn't allow him to do? The devil can't just come in and kill you. But he has to negotiate some things out. And the only reason that God even considers it is because he knows at the end of it all that the glory is going to come back to him. You say, why is it that I'm going through everything that I'm going through? It's because God knew that you would pass the test. God knew that you would prove every devil wrong. God knew that you would be a testimony of his goodness. Why is it that you're being considered? It's because you've got a grit and you've got a resilience and you've got something within you that says, I will not give up. I will not turn around. I will not stop fighting. I will not stop moving forward. I will not stop going to church. I will not stop praying the prayer of faith. I will not stop. I will not stop. I will not stop. No matter what you throw at me, I will not stop. Come on, somebody telling you today that praise changes the situation and praise confuses the enemy. In a few minutes, I wonder if there's somebody that's really going to confuse the enemy. Well, you know, I would praise, but 
man, I can't think of anything to praise about. There's some people like that. They live for God on the mountains. And it's good up there. And, and it's all good. Like Peter, when, when the three were going up and they seen Moses and Elijah and Jesus, Peter was like, forget the world. Let's set up our church right here. He said, no, 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 no. we got to go back down there. We've got to go through some valleys. We've got to go down into some hard places. We've got to go through some dark roads. We've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But you know what? I will not fear for thy rod and thy staff may comfort me. I'll go through it, but I'll never go through it alone. You're going through it, but you're not going through it alone. Praise says, you know what, God? I don't understand it, but I trust you. Satan believed that if God would just remove the hedge around Job, then adversity would bring him crashing to the ground. You see, Satan was like the original hedge fund manager. Hedge fund manager. He was, he was hedging his bets on this tragedy that it would destroy Job. You just curse him and everything he has, and he's going to turn his back on you, and he's never going to live for you again. He's never going to pray. It was Job that woke up early, and he gave offerings for his children while they were partying, while they were singing, while everybody else seemed to be distracted. It was Job that had his focus on the Lord. He said, if you just take a few things from him, if you just take a few things from them, they won't even go to that church anymore. You just give them one little offense, they're done. That's what the devil has expected, and that is what the devil is negotiating with the Lord. But tonight, the devil has seen all that we've gone through, all the trials and tribulations we've faced lately, and he's expecting for us to give up and to throw in the towel. We've got some grit, and we've got some determination that doesn't waver according to the good days or the bad days. We've got our eyes on the prize, and we're not giving up. We're not turning around. We're not turning back. Let me tell you tonight that the enemy had some predictions for your life, but tonight my praise is going to undermine the predictions of the enemy. Tonight, the devil's hand is on his ear. I got this from where uh, it says in the Grinch who stole Christmas. This is where I got this. It says they stole everything. And he was at the top of his little hill with his cave and his little dog with the funny bone on his head. And, and he said, oh, this is it. This is my moment. He said, there's no bags, there's no tags, there's no toys, there's nothing. He said, I just can't wait. And it says he put his hand on his ear. And when he put his hand on the ear, there was an expectation of what he was about to hear coming from Whoville. But tonight, the devil's hand is on his ear. And after all that we've been through, he's waiting to say, you know what? I can't wait for them to say that they're giving up on God. The devil's hand is on his ear tonight. And he says, I just can't wait for them to never show up again. The devil's saying, well, my hand is on my ear, and I'm expecting them to throw in the towel because their family's all broken up. It's only a matter of time until they backslide. Oh, his hand's on the ear, young person that comes to church all by yourself. Oh, they've been ridiculed by their family. Oh, there's people that don't understand it. Okay, my hand's on my ear. I know that they're going to give up. I know they're going to stop. I know that it's just a matter of time. The devil's hand is on his ear tonight, saying, I can't wait for them to say down there at GBFPC that God doesn't love them. And I can't wait for them to hear that all love and all hope and all joy and all peace is lost. I can't wait for them to give up. But let me tell you, 
I'm preaching Compton today. I've got a little twang today. Let me tell you, it was just when the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery furnace that Nebuchadnezzar put his hand on his ear and he heard something that he did not expect. And the Greek Septuagint, it said that he heard singing and he heard praising and he said, hold on, let me go down and see what's going on. And he found something that just didn't make sense. He looked down and he was hoping to see a bunch of bodies burned up and consumed by the flames. But instead, they were dancing and they were praising the Lord. But, 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 let me make it, let me make it just, that was good, but here's the cherry on the top. Not only were they praising the Lord, dancing, and they were worshiping God, but there was somebody else with them in the middle of the fire. You know why? Because God said that I will inhabit the praises of my people. Not only was the praise a shock to him, but it was a shock that there was somebody with them in the midst of the fire. You know why they were praising in the midst of the fire? Because the fire of praise that was within them was greater than the fires of the world that was all around them. Hold up. The devil wants to know, what is this that I hear? Clapping. Why are you clapping? Why are you clapping? You're in the middle of hard times. Why are you in the altar? I don't understand it. Why are you clapping? Why are you worshiping? Why are you leaping for joy? What? 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 I'm telling you, your praise is going to confuse the enemy. I got bad news for the devil that when my praise goes up, that God comes down. Now listen, this is how I'm going to end it, and it's planned. I'm going to count down from 10. And when I get to zero, I want somebody to give God praise like you've never praised Him before. But let me set it up real quick. If you haven't been through anything, if you haven't faced any trials, if your life has been perfect and beautiful, sunshine and rainbows, then feel free to stay right where you are. But for those of us who have had to deal with backbiting and lies, for those of us that had to break away from the environment of the world. For those of us who had to face downfalls, setbacks, health issues, financial hardships. For those of us who had to suffer great loss. For those of us who went through grief and had to go through the healing process. For those of us who've had it all taken from us. If you haven't had any of that, then go ahead. You can, you can chill. Go ahead and chill. The parking lot crew will help you to your car. If you don't have anything wrong today, you've never been through anything, God's never made a way, then sit there. But for those of us who came from broken, drug-addicted families, for those of us who had to come through the fire and find our way through the flood, we've got a praise that comes from way down deep, and we've got to let it out. I've got a praise that says, no weapon formed against me prospered. I've got a praise that says you meant it for evil, but God, he meant it for good. I've got a praise that said life put me under pressure, but little did you know that God was stripping away some things that I didn't need.
Oh, devil, you put me on my face, but little did you know, I'd keep my face there and I would praise the Lord. I'd learn how to keep my face in the carpet. Come on, you sent things to take me out, but little did you know that what couldn't kill me only made me stronger. So tonight, this praise, I'm packaging it up. I'm putting it in the box. I'm putting the bubble wrap on it. I'm closing the box on top. I'm taping it up. I'm taking it to FedEx to get weighed. I want to make sure I pay the right amount for this. And it's going to have to need a signature when it gets there. Because I want the devil uh, to know that I know that he saw it. I don't want him to say, well, I never got that one. Uh, no, I want the devil to know about this praise. I want the devil to take notice tonight that I'm giving God the praise on behalf of every plan that the enemy tried to plot against me. I'm giving God praise on behalf of everything that says that I shouldn't be here right now. I'm giving God the praise because of everything that he has put under my feet. Come on, my dance put Satan and put it under my feet. My praise put the enemy under my feet. I'm going to count down from 10. And when I count down from 10, I want you to give God a praise that you've never given him before. Come on, somebody, 10. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Nine. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Eight. If God be for us, who can be against us? Six. I just skipped seven. Six. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Five. The accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused us before our God. Four. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, somebody. Let's reach way down and give God some praise. Three, two, one. Praise 